Ever your intrepid correspondent, I wanted to test the claims of the finger recipient. So I tried to eat a finger. Not mine, of course. That would be weird. No, I threw my wife on the floor and sat on her. And then I tried to eat the tip of her index finger. Welcome to the Political Party Pooper Playbook. And if you thought all we did was sit around thinking up ways to poop on empty suit politicians, well, you'd be half right. This is indeed the P4B. I'm your host, with a face for radio and a voice for newsprint, Matt Jordan. This week's show may run a little short. Such a crime, I know depriving you of 10 to 15 minutes of my angelic voice. But this is the time of week when the big podcast comes together. And I have issues. Tomorrow I'm having a colonoscopy. My doc will be having one badass experience. But that's because I haven't been working on my glutes. If I had been, she'd be having a fine-ass experience. By coincidence, the very next day, I have a urology appointment. What a pisser. But this is what happens when you're in your 40s, uh, approximately. Today, we are talking about applauding rape and other stuff. Pro-Hamas goons, fuel flimflams, and giving someone the finger. Systematic rape. Man, not so bad, according to weak-ass American whiners. This week, the squad has moved lower than any political entity in America, and that's saying something. I'm not too chauvinistic about the quality of American politics and governance versus the rest of the world. Ours may not be as violent as regimes around the world, but they're no better. The U.S. government doesn't need as much coercion as, say, a Putin to control you. We're a nation of willfully ignorant lemmings, and the motivations of those in the governing class are not honorable. They are always self-serving. This has allowed the lowest common denominator to rule within the system. One needs to look no further than our titular president. They say he never held a real job. I disagree. He's been in the employ of foreign governments for at least a decade now. If he can hang in there a bit longer, he might get a pension from them. So, with that as your standard of measure, the squad, and specifically Pramila Jayapal, have lowered the bar into the sewer. Jayapal went all moral equivalent on CNN when asked about the rape of women on 107. First, she immediately complained about the actions of Israelis in their perfectly justifiable war and implied without saying it that Israelis have systematically raped Palestinian women. That's never happened. It's just a tactic employed by Democrats, terrorists, and Hillary Clinton to accuse the opponent of what they do routinely. Refreshingly, politicians did line up to condemn Jayapal's idiocy. But she's not without support. Idiots online have been making excuses for all the abhorrent Hamas behavior witnessed on 10-7. It seems to many 
that the rape of Jewish women by thugs is, well, not so bad if the thugs are freedom fighters. So what about those girly protesters? While the term, quote, freedom fighter, here employed, is laughable on its face, let's let it stand for one disgusting moment. To the shrill shrews and the man bun types in your trendy cafes, screaming bloody murder and attacking Jewish Americans as if they're responsible for Gaza's troubles, this question. If a group of people fighting for any cause that you might support raped your mother or sister or daughter, would you shrug it off because they are freedom fighters or some other writers of wrongs? Or would you want to put a bullet in their head? It's a simple question that should be put to every person who makes excuses for Hamas starting this shit in the first place, thus subjecting Gaza to the inevitable pain it now suffers. I often repeat that through it all, bad, mean Israel has continued to offer the general population of Gaza escape routes, and sweet humanitarian Hamas drives people away from them. All the death we're witnessing is on the heads of Hamas, and it is made worse by their use of Gazans as human shields. The thuggery and cowardice of Hamas defies description. But you keep wearing your stupid scarf, man bun. It's highly fashionable, and it makes you feel like you're part of the drama. A public service announcement, sort of. Be careful eating at Chopped. The name of the restaurant makes this AP story ten times as funny. A salad was served to a customer, which contained, among other condiments, the manager's finger. When I started reading the story, I thought it would be about worker dissatisfaction. But no. <laughs> Turns out the manager chopped off her own finger and then served it up. Digit salad for table eight. Ding! Unsurprisingly, the customer who got the finger was displeased. One can assume it was reflected in the tip. The story goes on to say that as a result of gnawing on uncooked human flesh, no word on whether the fingernail was there to provide extra crunch, the patrons suffered from shock, panic attacks, migraines, cognitive impairment, nausea, dizziness, and neck and shoulder pain. Ever your intrepid correspondent, I wanted to test the claims of the finger recipient, so I tried to eat a finger. Not mine, of course. That would be weird. No, I threw my wife on the floor and sat on her, and then I tried to eat the tip of her index finger. She screamed. A lot. But after strenuous effort, I can report suffering none of the maladies the chopped customer reported. I think that lady may be lying to pad her lawsuit. I did suffer severe gonad discomfort, but that wasn't directly related to eating the finger. The ER people were flummoxed with both of us coming in at once. She with a mangled finger, and I with nuggets the size of mayonnaise jars. Mama can kick. The intern said something about a psyche valve. I told him, no, my nuts really hurt. I'm not imagining it. 
There were two lessons to be drawn from this. First, be careful in the kitchen. And second, you know it's coming, but I have to say it anyway. It's inevitable. You should never give a paying customer the finger. It's bad for business. Okay, enough of this nutbaggery. It's time to get back to pooping on empty suit politicians. This week, I'm featuring cool stocking stuffers for adults from Poe River. These are one-of-a-kind handmade items and will be noticed at your next party. Get this book. On a tip from Megan So Friggin' Hot Kelly, I grabbed a copy of The Mysterious Case of Rudolph Diesel by Douglas Brunt. Full disclosure, while Brunt is married to Kelly, the lucky son of a bitch, her recommendation is legit. I'm enjoying the book and I'm learning new things. For starters, I never knew the diesel engine was named for its inventor. I thought it was a term for the process the engine works from. I'm not alone. I've seen the term all my life with a lowercase d. But this is not a book review. I'm not being paid to promote it. I do highly recommend you read it. It's a great read. There's a button in the text so you can get one. But that's not my point here. The book got me thinking about a long-standing fallacy. Your government, the circus I referred to earlier, has intentionally fed you in the interest of protecting big oil. The more things change, the more they stay the same. How often are we treated to the theater in the well of the Senate or in the House where politicians, especially Dems, grill CEOs of oil companies? They rail against these cruel bastards belching their filth into our atmosphere and pocketing billions in the process. And oh my God, climate change! Each politician in their turn derides the villains for the cameras. I have news for you folks. When the cameras are turned off, all the political snakes line up for pictures with the quote villains. Hell, they go for drinks and giggle behind their hands at playing you for chumps. Again! You could paper a wall with the number of instances where I've said they don't care about you. And they don't care about climate change. Many, including Dems who use it for their own benefit, don't even believe climate change is real. Their concern for what you pay at the pump correlates directly to how close we are to an election. And they still want everyone to put food in your gas tanks to the detriment of your engine and a complete wash in terms of power versus pollution. And biodiesel is considered a cute but unworkable idea and they giggle behind their hands again. Well, I knew you can run a diesel engine on used cooking oil. People do it. I never knew Rudolph's engine was designed to do so. More correctly, it was to run on plant-based oils. I'll save you the spoiler and let you read the book for the details on that. But it worked just fine without fossil fuels, and it burned very clean. 
and diesel engines are efficient, their production of energy as a measure of fuel consumed is very high. Nuclear power plants have a poorer percentage. And all that made Rudolf Diesel a danger to John D. Rockefeller. And from that day to this, Big Oil has been buying politicians like so many donuts. And don't be naive. This isn't a case of the GOP helping big business, at least not as far back as FDR. The Dems are the big government central planning hyper-regulators. If you want consideration in D.C., you need to buy all the Dems. The GOP is always behind the eight ball on this, and they are all for sale. They tell you they are regulating for your benefit, but they are not. Almost all regulations start on K Street, and the bills are written by the businesses to be regulated. And the regulations protect them from competition. In this case, alternate fuels. They don't protect you. And the game goes all the way back to the turn of the previous century and the Rockefeller Standard Oil. Chicanery and monopoly were his stock and trade. Oil was just as medium. And what of the fallacy I mentioned? It is this simple. You are being lied to about diesel as a technology. Do you want to score a win against pollution? Are you a climate change drone? Then tell your elected servants to get rolling on putting food in diesel engines and getting it out of your goddamn car. They can't collect paydays from anyone if they aren't elected. Every few years, going all the way back to the Archer Daniels Midland days, we get treated to a publicity campaign. X company is working in a public-private partnership, your money, to research the use of biofuels to move America. It's an expensive stunt, mental masturbation, to make you think they are actually doing something. They're not. They want to keep the system addicted to petroleum. The research has been done. Rudy Diesel did it. It's in the book. Petroleum burns significantly dirtier than plant oils. Plant oils are genuinely renewable. By switching to another source, we reduce the price of petroleum for all other users. And the air will be cleaner. But nobody has a chokehold on politicians the way big oil does. You need to get a chokehold on them. They don't fear you. Teach them to. Be sure to use all the buttons at the top and bottom of the text. We live and die by the share and subscribe buttons. Send inquiries to poriverproductions at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us today.